The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Vaughn, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Christi telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 98 years, and Alpertal, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those living in the hospitals and the convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The men and women of our church choir under the leadership of Emilia Hahn will sing this melodious song entitled, Trust His Heart. Three simple words that is in an answer to our prayers. By putting your trusting faith in Jesus, you will see the intent of His heart for you. Doing their background music is Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bahu Carter on the organ. 
Salvation is and always will be an individual matter between you and our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. You've heard the preacher say weekly in our telecast sermons the importance of being saved. According to John 3, 5, Acts 2, 38, and Acts 4, 12, the time is now, viewers, because tomorrow is not promised to us. We're delighted to have the talents of our church band under my direction playing for us this morning the tune entitled, Say I Do. This is the time we have left on earth before the rapture, when Jesus returns in clouds of glory to call us home. Will you be among the 144,000 souls who will be raptured? Are you ready? Have you prepared your family, friends, and loved ones to be ready? Have you been blood washed, water washed, spirit filled, and living the life? Our solace this morning, Rose Bahaku Carter did, and she will now sing this encouraging song for us entitled, This World Is Not My Home. Accompanied by Haku will be Iris Lock on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trusty Associate Pastor Evans Sproul Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, and Seneca Rose Hahn on the drums. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. Door. 
Imagine a place where there is no more sadness or heartbreak, a place where sickness or pain doesn't exist, where they have mansions and high streets of gold. This place exists in God's glorious kingdom in the heavens above. Once again, the men and women of our church choir will sing this touching song titled, Here's My Heart. Please join in singing as the words appear on your screen.
The wonderful talents of our trumpet ensemble will play for us this upbeat and jovial tune entitled, I Know I Love Thee Better, Lord. Isn't it amazing to know that we are able to sing praises daily to Jesus for the things he has done, is doing, and will do for us in the days to come? Our husband and wife duet, Associate Pastor Marvin and Shirley Bing, will delight us with his wonderful song entitled, Fill My Cup, Lord. Playing the background music will be yours truly. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this number to Dorothy Irioka of Kahului, Maui. May the Lord continue to strengthen you and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Have a bright and blessed Sunday, Dorothy. Yeah. 
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on stations KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, Gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneri Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui, Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who would bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Are you familiar with the Bible's account of the five wise virgins, the five foolish virgins? who each took a lamp with them as they set out to meet the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you recall how the five foolish ones were unprepared and were forced to stop and buy oil to fill their lamps, which had run out dry? The ending of the story was a tragic one for them as the door of opportunity to be the bride of Christ was shut down with an irrevocable finality 
and it became a door never to be opened again. They had not been prepared. Therefore, it is my utmost prayer that the message I have prepared and entitled Work While It Is Yet Day will motivate you to learn how to have your lands filled and be as ready and prepared as the five wise virgins were in order to meet Jesus when he returns and so that the door of opportunity to be saved and live eternally with the Lord will not slam shut on you. There is no admiration for a lazy man. I was brought up on hard work and am grateful to God for it. My parents didn't believe much in play, but they certainly believed in hard work. Consequently, I was kept busy. And now with all my responsibilities in the Lord's work, I am glad that I learned how to work. Jesus was the hardest work upon earth. In John 9, 4, we find that Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. In other words, work while you are young and full of energy and keep busy. Read in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He practiced what he preached. Today, some people are content to preach and let it go at that. We see him dealing with everything from a leper to a demon from hell. When Jesus came down from the mountain, a great crowd followed him, thronging him on every side. They had heard him preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God in power and demonstration of his Holy Spirit. And they simply couldn't leave this wonderful man. Read in Mark, the first chapter, 14 to 15. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Then suddenly an eerie cry was heard. Someone cried out, unclean, unclean. And the multitudes knew what that meant. A leper was coming. Thus, they dropped back to be out of his way. Picture the poor leper coming and falling at Jesus' feet, seeking the Lord's help. Read Matthew 8, 2. Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Back then, no disease was deemed more horrible than leprosy. Any person who was afflicted with this disease became an outcast, driven from home, family, and community. The leper's home became caves and rocks upon the hillsides. He lived on whatever substance he received from begging along the roadside. In other words, the leper was like the walking dead while he lived. As the disease spread, it ate away parts of his body. His hair would fall off. His nose would soon be eaten away. Then his hands and feet would soon be gone leaving only the stumps. There was a wall in a leper colony in Africa years ago. The gates were strictly guarded, stood high on the hill looking into the colony with his field glasses. 
He saw two lepers sowing grain in the fields. One had no feet on his back. The man, was, man with hands was dropping seed on the ground. And the man who had feet was pushing the seed into the ground with one foot. What a pitiful yet heartwarming sight. Yes, this poor leper knelt before Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Did he back away like the multitudes did? Did he rebuke the leper? Did he order him back into the cave? In no way would he have done such a thing. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. Yes, Jesus touched him. No one else would come near him, but Jesus touched him. The leper had forgotten what the touch of a human hand was like. But Jesus reached across the chasm of saw and put his hand upon him. And as we see him touching that poor, broken-hearted and helpless leper, we can only say that was just like Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful Savior we have. The man said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Reading Matthew, the eighth chapter, the third verse, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. What a miracle indeed. And Jesus is performing wonder-working miracles for he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Throughout the Bible, leprosy inferred a type of sin. It was a loathsome and incurable disease. In the Bible, it was used to typify sin in the following ways. One, it was like a poison which entered the blood of a person. Thus, people were born in sin. Secondly, it revealed itself first in small ways. People could pretend that they were not sinners. They could be outwardly good, but the sin and the poison were in them just the same. Three was incurable by human means. Sin cannot be cleansed except by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fourthly, Jesus is a leper. Just as a leper was separated from the camp, so sin separates us from God. Today, the whole world is guilty, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The world is sin-sick, sick in the heart, sick in the mouth, sick in the head. The Lord loves the sinner, but not the sin that is in the sinner. Jesus is the only remedy for sin. All our commendable works and all our goodness cannot cover our sins. As we read in Isaiah 64, verse 6, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our nicotries, like the wind, have taken us away. How long did it take Jesus to heal the leper? It was done instantly. And when you come to him with your load of sin and repent and forsake them, you will have mercy of the Lord. The leper didn't have to wait a day or a week or a month or a year to be cleansed. And neither do you and I. Just come to the fountain filled with the blood of Jesus and all of your sins will be washed away. There is one more thing about this leper. We read in Matthew 8, 4, in which Jesus instructed him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Why did he have to go to a priest? 
The reason is that the priest acted as the public health official in those days. And before this man could retake his place in his home society, he had to have a clean bill of health. And as he showed the priest what Christ had done for him, so by our lives and our witnessing can we glory Father who art in heaven. Today we need not go to a priest to have a clean bill of health. All we need is a believing heart. Repent of our sins and be born again. There are many today who come during the night to seek spiritual blessings and witness the wonderful works of God during our divine healing services every Sunday evening. They see devils cast out at the mere mention of the name Jesus. Asthmatics have been healed, lumps in the breast have disappeared, and a host of other wonder-working miracles have occurred while the applicants are being prayed over upon being anointed with oil. Reading James 5, 14 to 15, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Being the pastor of the church, I want to make it absolutely plain and clear that I am not the healer. Jesus is the only healer. Many, after seeing the wonderful work of the Lord, marvel at the power of God and acknowledge that Jesus is the only healer and the mighty physician who has never lost a case. And truly, God was manifest in the flesh in the very person of Jesus Christ. After seeing these miracles, many who came only for healing realized that they had to be born again, repent of their sins, and take on His name in water baptism. In the Apostolic Fairs Church, we give them some very explicit instructions regarding being born again. We don't ask them to come and join the church. We ask them to obey God's commandment. In order to enter into the kingdom of God, we read John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized in water by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue, the only sign according to the Bible, which confirms one has indeed been filled with the Holy Ghost. Outside the name of Jesus, none can be saved, as you read in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any the other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no name comparable to the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord and glory of God the Father. In the city of Capernaum, there was a centurion army captain who commanded a company of a hundred. The people loved him because he had built a synagogue for them. Now this centurion servant was sick of the palsy. Thus he went to Jesus, beseeching him to come and heal the servant. And Jesus said in Matthew 8, 7, I will come and heal him. And the captain, in deep humility and with great faith, said, as we read in Matthew 8, 8, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, 
and my servant shall be healed. He continued, I have a hundred soldiers under me. When I give them orders, they obey promptly. Now if you just say the word, my servant will be healed. The centurion was simply saying that if in his smaller ability, responsibility he could give orders and they were obeyed, then Jesus, who was the Almighty God, surely had limitless power over disease and death. Let us read in Matthew 8.10. Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. The captain of the army was a Gentile, and as Jesus saw his faith, he spoke thusly in the 11th verse, And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But he had to say something else as you read in the 12th verse. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Primarily, he was referring to all men of all ages who refused to come unto him. Jesus then told the centurion to go his way, for his servant had been healed. And the centurion found when he arrived home that his servant had been healed in the very same hour where Jesus had said he would be healed. Now, when they arrived at Peter's home, they found Peter's mother-in-law quite sick with a fever. When Jesus saw Peter's mother-in-law was suffering, he went over and touched her. <clears throat> now, when he touched the woman, the fever immediately left her, and she rose up and prepared the meal for them. This was wonderful to give a woman instant relief and strength enough to go right to work would baffle every skilled doctor on earth. Now here is something to think about. Just as soon as Jesus healed her, she began to serve him. And so it should be with us. As soon as we are truly born again of water and of the spirit, we ought to begin to serve him for the rest of our lives. People looked upon the miracles that Jesus was performing to help them make decisions. Two of them decided that they would like to follow him. First, they came and said unto him, as you read in Matthew 8, 19, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. He saw only the glamour side. So Jesus quickly brought him back to reality by saying the 20th verse, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. This must have changed his mind. He saw that it would mean major sacrifices to follow Jesus, and he was not willing to pay the price. I'm afraid that the same thing is true of many people today. They will say, I will follow Jesus all the way. I will do this and I will do that. Start us out well, then when the going gets tough, they turn back. Jesus said that if any man puts hand to the plow and looks back, he is not fit to serve in the kingdom of God. Another man told Jesus that he wished to follow him, but first he had to go bury his father. There is a clue that his father had not died. The man could have meant that he would be glad to follow Jesus when he was relieved of all his responsibilities. 
But Jesus declared in the 22nd verse, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. In other words, Jesus thought that no obligation, however sacred, should interfere with our service to the Lord. Always put Jesus first in your life and good things will follow. Jesus and his disciples now entered into a boat to cross the Sea of Galilee. Jesus was tired, so he found a quiet place and went to sleep. Suddenly, a vehement storm arose. The waves are rising over the boat. The winds were howling, and the disciples were terrified at the thought of going down to a watery grave. Here is the most perfect picture of us all. We are running a race and journeying upon the sea of life. There is a cradle on one side and a grave on the other. The journey is short and likely to be tempestuous. Storms in the form of tests and trials are going to come to every one of us. There are storms of afflictions, storms of disappointment. Being fearful, the disciples awaken Jesus, crying out, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, as you read in verse 26, Why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. Did you know that people live in constant fear today? We fear for our health, our old age. We fear that we will lose our jobs or our security. We fear for ourselves. We fear for our children. We fear what might happen tomorrow. Jesus tells us in Luke 12, 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. For I am with thee, and I will never let the waves of life overcome you. We are so slow when it comes to learning the lesson of faith. Instead of looking to Jesus, we look at the circumstances around us and we begin to sink. Paul tells us in Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, Wherefore, seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It is whatever adds to the difficulty of our progress. The weights are not necessarily external. They are, first of all, in the heart. The moment a thing gets a place in the heart and mind, which is not in God's purpose, it becomes a weight, no matter what it is. And the result is soon obvious. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Therefore, in our troubles, let us look up to him. He will never forsake us, for he cared for us. But the disciples had not yet recognized him as God. So they said, what manner of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. When Jesus reached the other shore, he met two men possessed with the devils. 
these devils recognized the Lord and cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And they cried out again, If you cast us out, permit us to go into this herd of swine. Thus Jesus cast the devils out, and they entered to the bodies of the hogs. Then the pigs ran off the top of the steep cliff, and they drowned in the sea. The people of the city then were seized with such fear that they came out and begged Jesus to leave the country. Why did Jesus allow these demons to enter into the hogs? and cause their deaths. It was because he wanted the people to make a choice between him and world again. Mark 8, 36, 37 says, For what shall a profit a man if he gain, shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, what's the sense of being wealthy? What's the sense of owning all the lands in the world? Or what's the sense of being healthy? all at the loss of one's soul. The Lord came to save that soul. The Lord wants you. The Lord wants your heart. The Lord could have done wonderful things for the hog farmers. They should have come out and fallen at his feet in gratitude and acknowledged him as the son of God. But they were more interested in their own swine than in the Savior. They were more concerned about the loss of their hogs than over the fact that two poor human beings had demons cast out of them. Today, men the world over still makes their choices. They choose mammon instead of Jesus, sin instead of the Savior, hell instead of heaven. What choice have you made? Recently, a farmer lost his barn by fire. His son was up in the second story loft and the father was at ground level. The father stood there and urged his son to jump into his arms, extended. For a moment, the boy hesitated, then almost dared to jump. Then he had a second thought. Then maybe he could find his way out. Thus he ran back into the barn and perished. This is a picture of our heavenly father. He urges you through the gospel to leap by faith into his loving arms. Don't try to save yourself. Just leap. Just let go. Just trust in Jesus. The choice is yours. What will it be? Choose Jesus. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Our church band will close our program with this number entitled, Come to the Savior.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.